enemies, this is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. I am one of your main hosts, or like a main host, as if there's like sub-hosts or something like that. I'm one of your hosts, they call me the Digital Duke, they call me the Digital Spectre, I guess I've been playing as this week. Uh, you know, uh, that's what I've been putting in all my stream titles anyway. Twitch TV slash the Duke Herbs. Anyway, um, got the plug in instantly, let's go. Anyway, um, Davinci? Davinci. I'd love to do something with those guys one day. That'd be awesome. But um, I'd love for them to actually, like, you know what? They, <laughs> here, Tony Khan, if you listen to this pod, which he doesn't probably because he doesn't have time, but somebody out there in AEW listens to this pod, bring the Davinci twins back and have them just get a random title shot against FTR or somebody. Just Let them fucking not. lay waste to Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Yeah, uh, agreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all we need. Or Powerhouse yes. Hobbs, so he can clean up their blood. Yes, <laughs> pile the bodies. Anyway, um, but yeah, that being said, uh, we'll get into everything that we like and favorites and all that stuff. Before we get into all that business, though, there's a couple orders of business to take care of at the top of the show. Make sure you guys, if you have never listened to this show before, make sure you know you follow in or subscribe whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on. And you may never have heard of us before. Uh, this is my friend Charlie, by the way. I forgot to introduce him. How's it going there, bud? Doing all right there, buddy. Bad. All right. Anyway, um. So yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B A N E D U K E. You can follow Charlie at O oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. Follow the podcast feed at Eat Sleep Elite, and you will be able to keep up with everything going on in this ESD community, as well as just sort of we kind of like share some stuff around, like going around in AEW. You see random posts and stuff like that. We interact with a lot of other members of the AEW community, <sighs> and we'll hit you with a follow back. Anyway, um. So yeah, uh, with that mouthful out of the way, um, you know. Uh, there's also, um, I think that I, I'm, I'm not sure. Did I miss anything? I'm pretty sure there's something nope. else, but I can't Didn't remember. Crush it all. Did I? Fuck yeah, let's go. All right. Anyway, um, and yeah, so I guess with that being said, let's get into the show. And as always, we'd like to start with our favorites. And Charlie is your go first this week. Yeah, so, um, this was a kind of our, it's a new week in AEW in the sense of, you know, Brian Danielson. I how much of this is true? I mean, we're probably going to wait and see. Right, like Brian I'm sure Danielson eventually he'll be like, be... yeah, I was actually not injured for that whole time. Everyone thought I yeah, was still and, sort of and injured, but that, right now Brian he's Danielson... living in it and it's cool, you know, like. Yeah, and, and he seems to be one of our like actual bookers now and like he's seemingly putting together a show with Tony Khan and I, we'll we'll wait and see how much that plays so out. So does that but... mean that was CM Punk's role on Collision before? I I think it might be, and which I, would I make sense. How... I, I if you're gonna trust, a, well, like a, there'd be lots of people in AEW I'd trust with that, right? But if yeah. you're somebody for that show, who's this was built around, that would make a lot of sense. And I know I just teed it up like that might be I might be picking from Collision. However, I'm not. But Collision, we had, in my opinion, uh, two really really good matches. So, but that being said, I think we had great matches across the board this week. And I am going to the Dynamite main event. This was the Nick Wayne coming out party. Not that he needed one, because we already know how fucking special this kid is. But uh, Darby Allen, Nick Wayne, Grand Slam, World Title Eliminator, Quarterfinal. Duke, I thought these guys went out here and fucking crushed it. Uh, oh, 1,000%. Darby Allen was demanding Nick Wayne give him all he's got during this match. And he stepped up and delivered. And I think they played the Padawan to Master storyline in this very, very well. Uh, or, you know leader to apprentice, however you want to look at it, right? Bailing to Shin. And I just, I God, I thought they fucking played it up so well, and I was so emotionally invested in this. And I'm like, there's no way Nick wins, but he doesn't have to win. 
because him getting this match with Darby in itself is a win. And side note, uh, Kawada was taking pictures and he's posting them all up and down his Twitter with people he's meet from AEW. One of the pictures was Nick Wayne. So, I, 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 I dude, if somebody was you, there, there's something there. with Kawada, bro, that would be insane. Like, there's something there. I mean, I might be looking too far into it, but he only took pictures with like 15 people and Nick Wayne was one of them. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but at, there, there was that one point here where Darby Allen was lining up a coffin drop, but he couldn't hit it. And he just couldn't bring himself to do it. <laughs> and he had like just uh, I was like, God, I'm so f- I'm just loving this so much. And uh, yeah, kind of towards the end of our match here, Nick Wayne gets he goes for a last supper and he he gets like really close to getting a flash pin. And Darby Allen blocked the Wayne's world, hit a crossbody, uh, springboard crossbody. Uh, he hit a code red, torqued Nick's arms behind his back while stomping on his head, leading to Wayne to submitting. And yeah, Christian Cage kind of asked, like, you know, what happens if Allen doesn't make it to the semifinals? And the show ends with uh, Darby Allen staring down uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus, which we saw play out on Collision, which is kind of cool because we were, we've been saying for a while now, now that we have Collision, we're going to see more one week storylines in the sense of you're going to see something teed up on Dynamite and then finished on Collision. Because we have that ability now, it's not going to be just dynamite, dynamite. It sure some stuff will be dynamite, dynamite. But now that we have collision, we're going to see that teed up more. It played out here. It played into another brilliant match. In, in a lot of ways, CM Punk being gone and it not being like his show over there, and him being able to tell nobody that they can show, tell everybody they can't show up. Like it's going to make things so much easier for AEW from a booking standpoint to actually yeah. plan stuff out. Because I mean, theoretically, awkward. it felt awkward at points when you'd have stuff that feels like it should be on Collision because that's the show that needs the big stars right now, and, but they couldn't be. <laughs> they couldn't be over there. You like, know? I like, think the show is still going to feel different, right? This is going to be Bullet Club Gold in Brian Danielson's main show, and probably even oh, oh yeah, no, it can. It's, I still hope it retains the vibe that they built yeah. over there. That that but I think is something that Sam gave to AEW, regardless of anything we 100%. say. That's something he helped tee up for the company clearly because he was. I would assume have to have been involved in all the discussions that led to all that. You know, like so, like I yeah, I mean, it's really really great match though. Like you were saying. Um, AW does tournaments better than I think any any wrestling company in the world. Is that is that is, it's, it's so hard to say that with how New Japan's been doing this year? But like, you know, it's a like, different type like, of tournament. It's much shorter. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not every day. But in terms of a single elimination tournament, just comparing it to the New Japan Cup this year, I I've enjoyed this more personally. I just think yeah. it's been it's been better. But the New Japan Cup was good in itself. But yeah, I I agree. This tournament has been off the rails. I should go back and watch from the New Japan Cup. Do you think? Honestly, just you can kind of see the story of Sonata turning to his new character. That's probably the coolest thing within itself. Just watch the matches of his win. Yeah, that as he goes up to win the cup. Okay, because because they play into it with you know Taichi coming to his side and him beating Naito. It it's really cool. Yeah, but yeah. Japan's been killing it this year. Uh, but yeah, Christian Cage. Bro, I, I I had to talk about Christian Cage for a minute. Like Christian Cage, bro, joining commentary on this match, and then just Christian Cage in general, the Christian Cage of it all, if you will, um, is one of the best parts of AEW right now. And I can't, I, we say this a lot, but like it's unbelievable how good Christian is for how like late in his career he is. Like it's. What is it about AEW, Charlie? Do you think that it makes it so that these guys like him, like Sting, like Ricky Steamboat, because you know Ricky 
got the shit kicked out of him. And that's not like nothing. Yeah, you just have to sit mm-hmm. there and get whipped. But like, he still had to get involved. And you know what I mean? Like, clearly wanted to like, what is it about AEW? It's bringing these, bringing this out of these older wrestlers who did maybe we would never have thought have this still in them. You know, like, it's something, it's something that has to do with them being protected as well as knowing that they're not getting embarrassed. And I think that's why Edge is going to come here. And, you know, I, we're going to see it so. with more and more people. I mean, they know that if they come here, and I, I look, it might happen with Goldberg. I, I kind of still hope it doesn't. But we Goldberg knows if he comes here, he's not going to be embarrassed. He's going to be able to do what he wants to do. And, you know, he'll maybe a level one off with Wardlow or you name it. But nah, keep Goldberg out of here. I still stand by that. I per, That's where I'm at, too. I still could see him doing a one off, but eh. If I mean, they have him one off face and drop it and like w- drop a win to Wardlow, which I don't think that he would do, but if he does do that, if if Wardog can beat this guy, I'm in. But like, or like somebody like maybe that, he knows like, that could be the way to get his son into a future wrestling company. You know, maybe AEW will bring the kid into Ring of Honor or something and give him a legit uh, that shot. That would be a great. If that's what he's trying to do, that'd be a great way to do it. But I, there's something along the lines of that is they know they're going to be protected. In a, in a way, as well, it's it's weird to say that it was what just happened to Steamboat, but it doesn't hurt Steamboat's legacy. You know, everything that's happened with Billy Gunn, is anyone going to say it's hurt his legacy? No. It's, it's anything it's added to his it. legacy. He might be yeah. like a Hall of Fame. I mean, he was already in the Hall of Fame for DX, but you know what I'm saying? Like, singularly, when he retires, he was probably going to go in anyway, but now for sure. Like, especially because he's across two companies. He's one of the most over like, tag team faction acts, like, ever. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, honestly. So, yeah, what was uh, what was your favorite this week in a, in a week of of tournament matches and unbelievably great promos? Hmm. So technically, this would I think class, even though it was on not Ring of Honor TV as a Ring of Honor segment because it's well, actually, what it ends up being about basically. Okay, Darby, Darby Allen. Uh, we had Eddie Kingston. So let's jump forward to Collision. I should say that Collision episode thirteen. Let's jump ahead. Um. And uh, we've now time traveled down to Saturday of what is what was the date on Saturday? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The point is, you know, we're on collision now. And Eddie Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli were backstage. And I, who was the interviewer here? It wasn't, excuse me. It was Shivani. Oh, it was oh, it was Shiavone, of course. Shiavone. Um, Shivani. Anyway, Shivani. Anyway, so yeah, we had uh, Shivani. Anyway, um, yeah. So Tony was backstage with Eddie and Claudio. And they basically ran down the history that if you don't know, um, and I've actually talked about on this podcast at length, um, you know, the the great history they had back in like 2010 in Chikara. Um, and it was one of the greatest un- unsettled feuds of all time. It's why we had to have that match a while back, you know what I mean? Because we had to settle it. There had to be a finale. There had to be somebody like, it's not over. And I said that then, I don't think it's over, but it wasn't over, but um but it needed to be settled that third match the rubber match needed to happen you know um and they kind of explained why here and i just there there have been a lot of stories that have come up in the last several months um in aw ring of honor and just you know i guess aw adjacent television in general have really caught my attention right but this is one that has stuck with me because when i went back and looked into the history here it's just like it's one of the best. Like it, it, we're talking like indie feuds that just never got the attention that they should have because of how like just well done they were. I think that's one of them because <laughs> it was all about respect, and they go into that in this promo segment. They talk about that here, um, and 
about how he never he was supposed to give Eddie he was you know Eddie was supposed to give him respect and shake his hand after the match when he beat him fair and square and he just refused to straight up and then that's when Eddie went and left and went to the WWE obviously or Eddie sorry when Claudio left and uh, went to the WWE I should say I, I completely lost my train of thought there for a second but I knew what I was saying um yeah and so basically what I was saying what was it two weeks ago on the pod or something the last time we got something really to do with this that was like more you know, not like to the side as part of a promo or something. Um, we, I suggested that we have them fight for Eddie's title instead of for Claudio's this time uh, mm-hmm. to give Claudio a reason to even give enough of a shit, you know, because he beat him. So why would he, you don't need that reason. You could just have him be like, ah, oh, I'll beat you again. But this adds something to it, in my opinion. So, sorry, I just need to take a breath there. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, I just really enjoyed this this week. It's one of my favorite stories going on in wrestling right now. They'll be in Arthur Ashe Stadium fighting over the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. And, uh, Charlie, I mean, it's got to be a banger. It's got to be. This, this feud deserves nothing less, so. Yeah, double double titles on the line. Eddie Kingston, Claudio, and let me just, uh, his his line of saying Claudio went to the land of uh, make-believe, uh, it triggered an ungodly amount of Twitter accounts that I just, I got to give a little like golf clap to because it, that shit's it, nobody <laughs> in AEW is better at roasting the fed than, than Eddie Kingston. It, it dude, it, it, I saw so many fucking, I've never seen Eddie Kingston's name mentioned from some of these people and they were just losing it. So, uh, small golf clap to Eddie there. Cause he knew what he was doing. Ah, how great, how ironic is it that Claudio, you know, someone who was dubbed by the big man over there. Yeah, you just can't talk. You yeah, know, we can't const- cut a promo. Has we no constantly get him, get him people that can talk, and and none of it ever works out. What works out the best? You team him up with Sheamus, and he's just naturally himself, a fucking badass. Flash forward a few years later, you know, he's he just wants to wrestle. He comes to AEW. He's working Ring of Honor, and he's wrestling every fucking week. He he's joins AEW by joining the Blackpool Combat Club. We can't forget that. Like that opportunity in itself, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity because the Blackpool Combat Club has only raised its stock. But at that time, it seemed like yeah. This I wish I could is... like if you could look into alternate timelines. I want to see the timeline where he was just the Ring of Honor guy and they just built all of Ring of Honor, <clears throat> Ring of Honor around him instead of Athena. Like things ended up working out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. And, I think and Athena sure, still has her time, but I don't think she oh, yeah. has to put as much effort in, you know what I mean? Because she's not required to. Not that I'm saying that she wouldn't still be doing something. I think she would have gone a different direction with him as already a heel champion at the time. But because of the way things worked out, we had a, a babyface world champion and this sort of slow burn build of Athena turning to the dark side as well, you know? So, and just, I think, I, I, But if I could see that timeline to see where that happened, I just wouldn't know what that looks like. It'd be interesting to see. You just know? to get a glimpse into it, yeah. And I got to tell you, I think... I think we're setting this up for, you know, I, I always thought it would be Eddie beating CM Punk for the world title here at Grand Slam. I mean, we, we, we talked about this last year at length, like the way CM Punk's storyline was going, Eddie beating him at Grand Slam, it made oh, a yeah, lot of sense. Funny. He may have dropped it once to either Moxley or somebody like that yeah. when the summer of Moxley ended up happening or something like that. Obviously, the summer of Moxley was a necessity after Punk got hurt, but if, if Moxley just decided to step up like he does always anyway, you know, and like he may have dropped it once, but I do genuinely think Punk would still be champion now if he had been a healthy enough, you know, like, yeah. and um, so like him, him losing to Eddie would have made a lot of sense. I think Eddie Kingston, he's had that crowning moment in New Japan. 
right? It's time for him to get this crowning moment in AEW. And I think when he beats Claudio, and if Claudio shakes his hand, it's it's going to be it's gonna be a fucking it's a it's a fucking pyro moment. You know what I'm talking about? Like all across the fucking ring, I'm like showing you with my hands like you guys can see me, but you know, it's gonna be a fucking explosive moment when the acclaim were crowned champions, you name it. And Claudio's finally gonna shake his hand. This is your Grand Slam main event. Even I don't give a fuck who MJF's face. Bro, with Brian Danielson turning back to the light, do we start to see the the collapse of the Blackpool Combat Club? Is that what happens? Like See, I I don't know. I think Danielson wants to set up the next phase of it, which we're going to spend some time on this in collision with his promo here. But I think he wants to set up the next phase of it before he's gone. So I I think I, I think we're going to always have those kind of gray lines, if you will. You know what I mean? Of course, with, they, with they, our, were, they started because they started with a heel and a baby face in the tag team. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, absolutely. You know, but this should be Eddie Kingston's moment, and this is just another one of those like two and a half minute fucking video packages that it it's going to live in my mind forever when I think of Eddie Kingston. And I think this is the perfect program for him to do it. And I think Grand Slam in New York, I hope it's, it's just beautiful. I hope it's as much as I'm making up in my head. Like it delivers that much with the crowd and everything. And Eddie Scott, Eddie Kingston is one of our best pure baby faces. So that being said, before we jump into our results, which you guys know, we, we go Ring of Honor, Dynamite, Rampage, Collision. We'll get you all those results at the end of the show. Boom, 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 boom. But first, we got a little bit of news that we like to hit. And the first thing we got to mention is, you know, the Chicago Bears were absolutely slaughtered by the Green Bay Packers. I'm sorry. Moving on. <laughs> um, Chris C- Christian Cage announced he has signed a new contract with AEW. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, of course. Even if he's not able to wrestle anymore, just keep him around a creative role. He'd be absolutely yep. brilliant. You know what I mean? Christian or just Cage. as a manager to Luchasaurus. Just, you can do so much with this guy. It's incredible. And Christian Cage, he actually won an award for me last year with favorite promo. So, I mean, this guy is just... When MJF, when MJF left the company last year, Christian Cage was the one that stepped up and filled that role in terms of the mic presence. And he will be your father, damn it. Yeah, he'll be your father. Um, a steel has been released. Is from Christian AEW. Cage the Darth Vader of AEW? <laughs> He's the fucking Palpatine. Fuck no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a steel who had been hired back uh, this summer to work on Collision as a coach and producer has been released from AEW. I don't think this is an extreme shock to anyone, but you know, it's an AEW release. I don't, don't remember if we covered this, but Sunny Kiss was released last week. And Sunny Kiss has gone on to post about how they really appreciated their time in AEW and that this was just the beginning. They look forward to the next step for them. And I mean, yeah, TK has talked about this in the past. Every time he brings in somebody new with how many people there are now, he kind of thinks about who he's going to let go when contracts yeah. come up. You know, he doesn't exactly. think about it that corporately. He obviously considers these people and their lives and their livelihoods and all that. But, He's not going to just can you. Sonny Kiss was wrestling on Ring of Honor, what, two weeks ago? Literally. So, so he tends to send you out with a payday, it seems like. So, you know, um, you know, and so, you know, props props to everybody for being honest about how the situation was because not, not always do you get transparency. And I don't think that's required. If wrestlers and, and management don't want to talk about negotiations they have with certain wrestlers, that's completely within there. They can choose that, but it's nice when we get some transparency in this way. And... That being said, that's not the only contract news we have. 
Prince Nana has reportedly signed a multi-year contract with AEW. And the Mogul Embassy stable has received, quote, high marks within the company. Sounds like everyone's really getting the love they deserve. I mean, I Swerve is starting this program with Hangman, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And I think it's fucking perfect to really put Swerve on that line of Swerve is a main eventer. And I think it's time he starts being seen as a main eventer by everyone. So that's real nice. Prince Nana has deserved this. He is fucking fantastic. And from what we gathered, you know, when he popped up in Ring of Honor, and we did, we we're doing a little research then, the guy's been grinding for fucking years. So really cool to see him uh, since he returned to Ring of Honor when Tony Khan purchased it. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really cool uh, thing. And then our last thing. So CM Punk, as you guys all know by now, is no longer with AEW. And... You know, as time goes on, we're getting little trickles of information of why it happened, you know, what happened. And, you know, we haven't really had a chance yet to kind of address our feelings on the situation, if we will. Um, so before we even jump into, like, you know, uh, there was a... Uh, the the article that I'm talking about this week was, you know, CM Punk, is he going to WWE? You know, the fucking, the BTE endorsement deal skit that they've been doing for a couple months. Apparently, Punk's thought it was about him. And, you know, that started to rub some wrong ways there going into All In. Those guys never, they had a meeting that never happened. All of that out of the way. I think we just need to, real the, quick. What I heard, I, I can't verify this, I, so keep that in mind everyone in the, when you hear this, but... Uh, what I heard was that meeting was supposed to happen like the week before the pay-per-view or something like that or some sometime before the pay-per-view. Pretty close yeah. to it. Um, but then like something that happened with Punk, I'm assuming it was the Jack Perry situation or something along those lines. Um, yeah. Could have been a million situations because we heard so many things about people not being allowed to go to collision. So could have been just what they were hearing about that. Um, and I also heard some rumor about they wanted six months of like drama-free Punk before they were going to work with them or something like that. I don't know if it was to work with him, by the way. That's just what I interpreted by the headline that i saw yeah i don't know if that part is true but i i, I will say this even if it was they just wanted six months of drama free punk to like be like cool with him being in the company you know mm -hmm. um obviously could, that, that couldn't even happen no, it couldn't even happen so no. it's like well so, Jesus. um yeah but I, I was gonna i was gonna dish to you here so cm punk's gone we haven't had a chance to like really just kind of openly talk about it and i'm sure you've had some feelings on it so it's kind of the floor is yours here i'm gonna let you take the wheel yeah. of because uh, yeah so go ahead. Yeah, so for those of you that are maybe tuning in for the first time, um, the entire reason why we started this podcast, I mean, literally, Charlie, the entire reason why you were, why, why you brought the show, brought this to me is because you knew how much of a fan of CM Punk I was. Because um, I wasn't really interested in watching wrestling again at the time when you had brought up to me doing a show like this. I just happened to have been in a place in my life where I didn't really have a lot going on. And so I thought, you know, whatever, I haven't really, ha I didn't really have a lot of entertainment to watch at the time. I'm being completely honest. Like I was really down on Star Wars at the time because I don't know what show I just got. I was probably Book of Boba Fett times, right? Like I don't even know, but like probably something like that. Something that I wasn't super high Definitely on there. Marvel was starting to descend into badness, you know, um, and I was really lacking for entertainment. So I was like, it, it was Hoping probably it. not the right timeline here, but you guys got to understand this is kind of where I was at. Like, I still don't really watch a whole lot, you know, to this day. Um, 
like I just caught up on on Last of Us like what a couple of months ago or something like after being out for like six months or something like you know and I knew that was good but like um so for me it was like this has been the thing that I focused on probably the most um was all the stuff with CM Punk and I cannot express to everybody that listens to this show the immeasurable disappointment that I have had over the last two years covering CM Punk's um really lack of time in AEW if I have to be honest like he's been there for parts long periods of time at times um and yet there were so many times when he was not reliable um because of injuries and I know that's out of his control and it's out of everybody's control I understand that but it doesn't mean that I can't feel disappointed that we didn't get more from him um something that I think I've heard CM Punk say in a lot of interviews especially when referring to wrestling fans as the word entitled, I want to say. I've heard him say that a lot. Um, I don't feel entitled to CM Punk's great ability to do pro wrestling. I feel that if he's going to get millions of dollars or whatever he was getting from AEW to be the, one of the main guys, if not the main guy, then he at least owes to the fans the ability for us to not be worried every fucking show that we're going to hear something that maybe jeopardizes the future of AEW. We've been living like that for like over a year now, you know, like at this point, I'm just happy that it's over because as much as I like loved CM Punk for a long time, and I say loved because I'm over the guy now, um, I, if he goes on to do something in WWE, I may see what's going on much like I do periodically check in with Cody, you know, but I don't think it's going to be there for me anymore, you know, because I think so much of what this guy truly is was exposed over the last course of however long i guess literally a year all out to all out yeah he was he was in aw for it was it was, i believe it was 23 months or 24 months so and it was 2 years on the dot if or just under so all i all i know is i hope that tony khan aw and maybe the wrestling community as a whole learned a lesson in Maybe not just trusting your nostalgia because you want something doesn't mean it's going to turn out the way that you want it to. The guy sat for eight years and was clearly fucking bitter, you know, about the way things ended. Yeah. And you know what? That doesn't make you a better person. It makes you a more bitter person, an angry person. And Am I, think... I surprised? Yeah, I'm fucking shocked because I always heard this guy was like awesome. I mean, he was hard to work with, but he was brilliant, you know. And the people I mean, could even get that past first that. what was it eight months? There, we didn't hear about a single problem. Nothing came out, at least, right? There, there wasn't a single thing that was leaking out. He was. I talking can tell about you what happened. They how made much him he loved the fucking everyone. world title holder. They gave him the fucking keys to the kingdom, and he fucking cracked under the pressure. When uh, I still can't. That press conference, if he would have just held that all in and, like, just maybe vented to some friends, I think AEW is in a completely different spot today. I, I think he is in a completely different spot today. Who knows what's happened? I mean, we might have just had CM Punk versus fucking you name it for the world title at All In. Because he probably would have came back and won the championship. That was clearly the plan. But just it. It, it's insane to me how it all happened. And even on collision, it's crazy that you listen to when you listen to Tony Khan talk publicly about the situation, when you realize that all the way up until the moment that he fired him, he was trying to give every scenario where you know what I mean, where it didn't yeah. have to go that way. And then once it got to that point, 
where he no longer had a choice. He made that decision, at least as far as we know, you know, so like he was he was given the keys to his own show in collision. And my God, I, I'll even say it. He was putting people over left and right. He put Ricky Starks over what twice he put Jay White over. It felt like something was finally changing. We hadn't heard anything. And then it just clicked like he we're, we're hearing he's sending Ryan Nemeth home. He's sending he Christopher Daniels. How the, the fuck are you going to send Ryan Nemeth home? Like the head of talent relations like isn't allowed in. Like because he he made a joke tweet a year ago that Punk didn't like, and it's like he would clearly he's the kind of guy that would let this shit fester in his head. Hence, where this all started with the Hangman promo that everyone and everyone forgot about that it, but CM Punk didn't. And I'm telling you right now, everything that's being said right now, he's not forgetting. So he, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, clearly, I think after giving him so many opportunities in AEW, I, I can't imagine that even Tony's got to be feeling very bitter, like very, not not bitter. He's probably just sad. Like I, I imagine he's upset because I think just like the rest of wrestling fans out there, he wanted to see CM Punk come back and succeed. And the fact that I think Tony Khan felt honored that CM Punk chose his company to come back to out of all the wrestling companies he had gone to. You know, like I mean. That has to be surreal when you when you because you maybe maybe all of them reach out maybe even Triple H when he first got the reins if, if if Punk had been available would have reached out you know what I mean like yeah but just to get a feel you know to see what's up you know um and then he starts to make the possibility yeah maybe I will wrestle in AEW you guys seem to be doing something good over there you know like it's devastating because I'm sure Punk will look back on this with regret. I would have to imagine, unless he's just so up his own ass that he just can't see it, which is possible, you know? Um, yeah. But, like, I just... What a, what a fucking travesty this turned out to be for the for AEW, honestly. Like, it just... And nothing good came out of this at the end of the day. We got some really... We got a couple... We got, what, like, I would say two really spectacular, maybe three if you count the Moxley one. Like, really spectacular programs with yeah. this. And well, maybe maybe four actually, if you consider the Hangman program, which I do, I think that was good. You know, um, like I, I just what what a fucking disaster. And now it's on to the next era, and you know this might be Danielson's last year, but if he's got the keys to Collision, I can't think of someone that you know maybe you trust I, I, more. I, who who yeah, who would you trust with those keys more? So you know, exactly the guy that you would want. In that in that position, so you know, yeah. So that being said, guys, we want to spend some time and talk about that for a minute. Um, but that's it for news. We don't. There's not a crazy amount. We're not going to sit here and talk tickets and fucking ratings. There's there's elsewhere for that. But uh, that being said, we're going to start off with some Ring of Honor results here. And um, this is what I was kind of dubbing in my in my in my notes here. I called it the Proving Ground episode. <laughs> It was so, kind of um like everything else this week though. Yeah. Ring of Ring of Con episode twenty eight. Twenty eight. Um, wow. Yeah. We're we're thirty episodes deep now. We are deep into the Ring of Honor lore now. Um and uh you know, that's maybe why this show feels a little more filled out because we've had the time to build up these things. I mean, think of how many great acts you got going in Ring of Honor right now. The infantry, the kingdom. I mean, if the kingdom are still there, that is. You know, obviously we just moved over the righteous as well, but I imagine they'll still do some stuff over there as well. You got the embassy, you got all these really great wrestlers, Athena, Billy Starks, you know. They've had time to build it up. Anyway, the renegades, the list goes on. 
Speaking of all those people I just mentioned, the last couple that I mentioned there, we had to open the show, Athena and Billy Starks backstage with Lexi. And uh, I believe this is a segment where Lexi had the best friend shirt on. <laughs> maybe that was maybe last week. I don't know. Either way, there was there was a segment. There was something like, listen, this, this shit is fun. Like I thought it would be. It's complete comedy and it's awesome. Um, And uh, Billy Starks just, I don't know. She's got charisma, man. I don't know what it is, but, um, but you know, uh, so... They challenge uh, uh, Allison K basically to the title match that's going to come on immediately following this. But uh, it was just a nice little fun segment to set it up. And then we'll get right into that. Um, I actually thought this match has a pretty decent striking in it. Uh, it's only Allison K versus Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. I do believe, as far as I know, this was not a proving ground match. I think this was for the title. Um, this one was for the title, yes. I uh, just thought I'd clarify because we just did say that. So, um, But yeah, anyway, so um, I think this is another one you could add to the division. I'm sure I've mentioned that before because they tend to repeat a lot of the like three or four women that they've brought in for like jobs like this. Um, and it's fine, but you can use some of them again. I'm pretty sure they have a couple of times. So just, you know, put her on the list. I'm, I should make that actual. I should literally, I, if I didn't have like no energy to do this, I would literally go back to all the episodes because there's only like 30, right? So I could probably take a day and do that. But like just to figure out who all I've said, yeah, put this in the division and see what the division would actually look like. It'd probably be pretty, pretty solid, honestly, you know? It'd be interesting to see how many of them ended up actually being essentially on the roster, if you will. I, I don't know. It'd be cool, but I don't have the time for that. So. Um, I'm streaming for 10 hours a day these days. I don't got the time, but, um, but yeah, anyway, um, I, I thought they actually had some chemistry here. Maybe you run this one back. I'm not sure. Uh, she picked up the, picked up the one with the O face, uh, and, uh, Billy Starks refused to commit war crimes. Um, and Athena was pissed <laughs> about it. Um, Allison K is someone I, I would take her even on her AW roster over a few and I, I won't name names, but I think true. she is that, that talented and she's proven she's, she was given the keys and impact, and she had a good championship run. So there you go. Um, and Billy Starks was put in a timeout by Athena. That's what happened. We get a little MJF versus uh, Joe recap. I love that Ring of Honor does this. Whenever there's people involved in stuff over on AEW, they they tend to update you on it. Smart. Um, yep. Pretty smart. I like that. Um, I hope we get that for somebody that's just like randomly on, like a uh, you know uh, Tony Nese or something. If he's losing to like I don't know John Moxley for some reason, I don't whatever you know like. Nah, don't do that actually with the group training shit. Hold on. <laughs> Maybe somebody else. But yeah, anyway. Um, speaking of Tony East, he cut a promo before his match about group training. And uh, people are still trying to, to get this over in the crowd. I don't know. I think the Rick of Is group training is getting nice. over with you? No. Um, Me either. <laughs> but I mean, hey, at least Tony East has something to do, I guess. you know. I even um, thought at, uh, it, what was it, All Out? I was like, oh, Jesus. This shit's fucking, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> I think this is one of those things where Tony just has no idea what to do with this. Both Tonys. Tony Khan. See, unfortunately, and, and Tony, Tony Nice, as much as I love the guy in the ring, and he's got an unbelievable build, the guy's got the charisma of wallpaper, and it, it it's, yeah. it's plagued him his entire career. I think he could be taught. I don't think he's completely useless. Um, he took on Dude, look, at, Young. look at Roderick Strong cutting promos. I mean, this guy is notoriously bad at him. Like, he's never been good at him. And right now, he's cutting, like, good promos weekly. I don't know what's happening. Uh, he probably just picked up some skills. You have to think some of that stuff from from NXT, like for Adam Cole as well. Like it just has to be stuff they fall back on, right? I think whatever they got taught there, you know. Like. I, 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 it could be, but I'd say even his last NXT stuff with Diamond Mind. I remember I'm not watching his stuff like, there was oh. great. He was getting produced by some probably not great producers in NXT. It's at just that it time, was never his strong suit, and it's just like 
even he somehow fucking got it. So, you know, there is yeah. hope for Tony. And Tony... I'm, you know what? There's some really great people backstage for promos in AEW. That could be the thing, you know, like... Anyway, Silas Young, uh, you know... I think I think Silas Young is one of those dudes that is going to possibly be um, used on Ring of Honor more. I think I've said this a couple times recently. So, I think it makes sense to have him beat guys like Tony Nese. But, like, I, I don't know, man. Like... I I I think like that Ring of Honor is in like a weird state right now where we um are kind of just I don't know we're, I think they're trying to figure out some of the people that are going to fit into some of these slots I, I have no idea yeah. but um <clears throat> Lexi was interviewing Donald Castle backstage um he called Stokely a gherkin um <laughs> that that happened um I don't, I don't know what a gherkin is I think it's a small kind of pickle. I think. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Wait, is is that what a gherkin is? I Hold think on. it is. That sounds right. Yeah, it's a pickle. Um, a I tiny. I have pickle. some of those in the fucking pantry. Oh yeah, they're good. I think I, I remember right. Anyway, the point is, yeah, I called him a gherkin. Yeah, Dalton Castle is comedy. Um, we had Adam Priest and Chef take on the Spanish announced project. That that music is dead though. They haven't used it in a while. Uh, they yeah. got Serpentico and Angelico. Not much here, but, uh, you know, I love me a good Angelico submission win, you know? Uh, we had a little tease for Kiara Hogan taking on Layla Gray, because apparently, Charlie, there is nobody else on the roster they can wrestle in the Ring of Honor. It's just them two. They can only wrestle each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that is. Maybe they don't like, maybe they're like the CM Punk of Ring of Honor. They just don't wrestle anybody else. They're like, nope, I'm only wrestling them. Uh, Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue took on the Renegades. Uh, the Renegades are hacking, bro. They're just hackers. Let's be real. Um, they're definitely using uh, wall hacks for sure. Um, and uh, so the real takeaway from this match for me is uh, Willow Nightingale getting the hot tag. So I don't know. This is a tag they've run before. I don't know if it's like actually a tag team or if it's just like, ah, oh, they're both on the card. Ah, throw them together, you know? Like, Yep, they're both. We, we, we flew them out here. <laughs> literally like you know um really you know, easy to win more yeah i understand why they're not beating these two but that yes who who's it hurting if if you just let fucking robin pin willow once it's not gonna hurt anyone literally um the mogul embassy took on uh, gravity metalik and griff garrison and charlie i just i fuck, I, I don't know why I, I, I asked who the fuck is griff garrison like uh, he doesn't fit with these guys but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Gravity and Metalik, uh always great, but uh, this is basically just a beatdown for, for those guys. Brian Cage is fucking boring. Sorry, he is. Um, speaking of boring, Layla Gray took on Kiara Hogan. Um, and uh, she had some cool gear, though, so maybe not as boring. Maybe I, we, we, I actually can't even remember a single moment from this match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Or the uh, last one. Oh like, my god! By the way, it. clarification: Tony Nese defeated Silas Young. What the fuck is going on over there? Uh, see, yeah, that didn't even leave a moment of impact on me. I cannot believe they actually had Tony Nese beat Silas Young there. I think that's why my brain went to the like, oh, I can't believe that they would have Silas lose here because they shouldn't. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, little had some cool looking gear. Um. I I think. Hogan was trying to sell for her in this. I do think Layla still has potential. Not much, but she has potential. Um, 
Face the Music is a great name for Laylist, or sorry, for uh, Kira's finish, though. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that was just something that was off the dome ski for, you know, for Rick Bone there, but uh, either way. Um, this is a better match for Layla. It wasn't that great. Maria Cadellis was backstage. Um, my fucking God, Charlie, the shirt that fucking Cole Carter had on. It said, I heart hot moms. What the fuck, man? Yo, now he needs to fully embrace this because this is the kind of thing that's going to get over on like TikTok and shit. You're right. But like, holy fucking shit, Cole Carter, you have, you know what? It might actually be true. I could see it. He looks like the kind of guy that, you know, like, eh. not that there's anything wrong with that. I've always said the women with experience, you know, Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my takeaway from that backstage. <laughs> Speaking of what I mentioned earlier, the infantry and Willie Mack. Now that's a team I can get used to seeing. Um, Willie Mack, Willie Mack, yeah, Willie, Willie, Willie Mack is great, bro. I don't care. Trish still out there. I'm yep. loving it. Mm-hmm. We got some Jabberoonies. Um, they, you know, uh, this is your team that maybe should win your trios off uh, off uh, Mughal Embassy if you're going to take it off of them. Because I think this is a good team, and I like them, and they're cool. And Willie Mack is, uh, you know, the Mickey 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 Dude Mack. Um, so yeah. Um, what do you think the ceiling of of like a trio like that would be? Actually, out of curiosity. Oh, dude, it could be the AEW Tag Champs, Trio Champs, hundred percent. All right, yep. I'm in. Let's do it. Then. I, I if, in terms of ceiling, I think that's as high, I think they could reach it. I think they could go all the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Same way. I feel that way about the righteous too, which is why I'm glad true. we're finally I, in I, AEW. Yes. I want to see the righteous take on the House of Black, though. That's that's the ultimate storyline right there. Um, Big Shot Lee Johnson was backstage with Lexi. Um, I actually should. I need to look at the breakdown. I don't remember what this one was about because it was, I think, short. I want to say. Yeah, um, it was just a little preview for his proving ground match against Claudio. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, he just kind of was like, "Yeah, I'm Big Shotty. What's up, everybody?" Because in case you forgot about me, because I've only been on Ring of Honor like four times. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's true though. You know, um, and yeah, so nice little setup for Big Shotty. Um, I hope. I hope he could be Ring of Honor world champion one day. I definitely could see him as TV champion. Like, this could be your guy that beats Joe, maybe, you know? Um, obviously, I think they know who's going to beat Joe, but... That'd be ooh. huge. Uh, Lady Frost took on Layla Hirsch. Um, tense lockup, bro. They were... They wanted to have, like, an interesting, brutal-looking match here. And I think they have chemistry, bro. I think this was a match that we saw before Layla got hurt, I want to say. Am I crazy? Like, I want to say maybe... Or maybe they have one right after she got back. But they got something here. Uh, maybe they should run this one back. Uh, down the road, obviously, not right away. Um, Maria and Cole were watching on. He was still wearing that fucking shirt. <laughs> uh, the pendulum kick is, like, one of my favorite things that she does. Uh, Layla, uh, she pronouns. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, I think I like that. Um, I, I like as soon as she saw Maria, she finished the match instantly. Like, that was cool. I'm sure that was intentional, but, like, as soon as she saw her out there, she's like, oh, immediately locked on the arm bar. And uh, then Maria was, like, offering her, like, to join up. And she was like, nah, dude, fuck off. Like, I've done everything you wanted and you still didn't, like, do shit. Like, fuck off. I don't need you, you know? So, I don't know. What do you think about that, Charlie? Um, Hopefully it's a sign that maybe Layla doesn't need those guys to face Athena, right? That's that's the match we're hoping for still next, yeah. right? Layla and Athena, but yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, the good thing is though, we're featuring a lot of talent this week, like Allison K, like Lady Frost. 
that I don't believe they're signed. However, I'm okay with them being brought in, uh, just being brought into the fold. It's a good mix. Because um, we need to add some depth to our division. And, you know, something that we'll be talking about a little bit here is, you know, Saray is going to be doing this Grand Slam thing, and it's the challengers don't seem the most appeasing that they've been. But, uh, yeah, our our second to main event here, if you will, our clock. God, I always fucking forget the penultimate match, if you will, to our main event. We had Eddie Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata uh, taking on and defeating Blake Christian and Gringo Loco. Uh, Christian and Loco again, a couple of these guys that we just always, always root for, right? So, um, Gringo Absolutely. Loco surprises me. You know? He, I'm honestly he always not surprises that surprised me. by him at this point. He, he, he's fucking, like, to me, he's a known quantity at this point. Oh yeah, it's just it's it's that crowd because you can tell with the live crowd they they don't expect what they're about to see, right? Um, so yeah, I think it's one of those things where like you can see Loco. It's kind of like seeing the Big Show in person. When I saw the Big Show in person, rule, I was still like, "Fuck, that guy's huge." Yeah, you know, because um, he was. You know, it's just hard to know until you actually see somebody in person, like how that's gonna look to you. I'm sure seeing this giant beast of a man flying around is like incredible you know what i mean um <laughs> i mean it's kind of the same thing as like with willie mack except willie mack i think people have seen enough they kind of expect it as well but eddie kingston oh, and shibata yeah. can get a good match out of just about anybody and you put them against two guys like blake christian and gringo loco who i think are both pretty solid you know um i think i think you're gonna get a good result usually um but i, th- I think we need to let blake christian uh Get a title Let here. him cook. He needs to get one of these. We got four titles, right? Five in Ring of Honor. He needs to get one of them. And uh, maybe it's Shibata's. I- I'm okay with that. Because I-, I really think un- this is... Some guys, they elevate the title. And some guys, the title elevates them. Blake Christian, the title will elevate him to, uh, to the audience more. Because he just doesn't get that love that he should yet. And when he Man, gets the title... GCW world champion right now. He deserves yeah. it. See? And... When he gets one of these titles, it's going to help elevate him more to that live crowd. So. Agreed. Um, Gringo Loco got some chance in this match, like you were saying. Um, Blake Christian was chopped to pieces by both Shibata and Eddie. Oh. Um, they had a lot of really cool stuff. Um, Urican, the Urican that Eddie hit on Gringo was just, he he killed him. I think uh, Gringo's dead. Um, and, uh, you know, I think uh, rest in peace, Gringo. Um, but, yeah. Um, oh. And uh, Rick Abani made a comment during this match that he would never want to ever in any situation be chopped by Eddie Kingston or Shibata. <clears throat> Except, however, let me hear you. Hear this out, Shibata, or Shibani, while well, I combine all the names. Hear me out, Rick Abani. What if you got chopped by one of them for charity? Hey, now. That would be interesting. I don't know if he'll do it, but I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but do it. Coward. Anyway. Um, Coward. Coward. Traitor. Anyway. um. Yeah, just good stuff here, you know. Eddie Kingston, you know, is always good at deliver. And uh I bro, I just I love Eddie Kingston. He's just how can you not? He's just great. How does that guy get not picked up by WWE? I just don't get that. Like he's just so good. Like I get that he's not like the traditional look for a wrestler in WWE, but like neither are some people that are there, you know what I mean? So it's like I don't know. It blows my mind that this guy was just out there for years, you know, like anyway. Um, Josh Woods and Mark Sterling were backstage and, uh, challenged any pure wrestler in the world. 
so there you go. There's I guess that'll be next week. He'll he'll I think they announced who it was gonna be, maybe? I'm not sure. Um I don't remember. I don't care enough. Um <laughs> it, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be good. Josh Woods has been doing good stuff lately, but it didn't stick with me enough um yeah. to to really say anything about, but I'm sure it'll be a good match. Probably won't be very long, I wouldn't imagine. Um we have the let me just make sure that I just didn't like just bulldoze over that segment because I'm pretty sure that they didn't say who it was. Did somebody come out? Let's find out. I'm gonna look. The hell is this? Yeah, no, he he didn't say. He said he might be getting a pure title match soon, though. I guess. Uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I literally had to look at the at the the notes from Wrestling Observer because I was like, what? Anyway, um, I I feels like there would be something more there. You know what I mean? We had the Ring of Honor World Championship Proving Ground match between Claudio Castagnoli and Big Lottie, Big Shoddy Lee Johnson. Big Lottie? Jesus. Um, I think somehow, even with how much respect for Claudio it gets for being strong, I think somehow it's still underrated. You know what I mean? Holy shit, this wasn't the main event? Negatives. I did not watch whatever's after this. Really? <laughs> All right. Holy, I was even just kind of leading it up while you were gone for a second. I was like, oh, we had our penultimate match here leading up to our main event. Oh, Oops. Wow. Well, Wait, why well, the hell would this not be on last? This has been a thing that's happened at Ring of Honor before. Bruh. Um, I'm just saying. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was a nice sell on the Mega Lariat from uh, Claudio. Um, oh, yeah. Big shoddy. Really good at pretty much everything, honestly. Uh, eventually, it'll be his time, just not today. Uh, you'll be amazed at what they followed this match up with, Charlie. The Iron Savages took on Jobbers. <laughs> I... I'm not even kidding you. I I was laying in bed, and I I was like, oh, cool. GG. And I fucking hit the back button. <laughs> oh, God. So Lexi I was going to say, yeah. uh, Claudio and Lee, he... Uh, this week, we had John Moxley face Action Andretti, and I thought Moxley gave a lot to Action Andretti. It feels like this was a much more one-sided affair than that, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that's I, I feel like Lee Johnson... Was kind of just, you know, he's kind of getting his ass beat more or less most of the time. But, um, like you said, eventually, just getting involved with Claudio in the ring is a good sign. So, yes, 100%. Yeah. yeah, the Iron Savages, the only thing I have to say about that match is, I'm gonna bust! Um, <laughs> hey, they got FTR next week. Yep. Lexi is backstage with Athena and Billy Starks, and uh, Lexi's life was threatened by Athena. Um, that was my takeaway from that segment. I need um, to see, let's that. see if anything actually happened in it. Um, oh, yeah, she said she's going to give uh, uh, Billy some training. So you know, I'm sure that'll just be. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure that will actually go nowhere, but maybe she'll be slightly better now. I don't know. Um, the best friends, and this was your actual main event here. The best friends in Top Flight took on. Uh, and I know that they're not technically called Top Flight anymore, but until we get told otherwise, which we haven't yeah. been, I'm calling them Top Flight. Uh, Action Andre and Darius Martin. Uh, teamed up with the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trapperetta, to take on the Outrunners and the Workhorsemen, the team everybody wanted to see. <laughs> what? And uh, what basically the, the story of this match was the Outrunners were costing uh, and completely cost the Workhorsemen this match. Then the best friends won with a, ch- a strong zero, and I, I want to say this match was like less less than 10 minutes or something like that, like or right, right around 10 minutes exactly. Why these matches were put on after the main event here, 
maybe there was supposed to be something with CM Punk or something like that, or I guess it wouldn't have been able to be prevented. I, there was some reason for this, I'm certain, but I don't know what it was. And so that this was the main event. All right, moving on. That was Ring of Khan episode 28. All right. Some solid stuff there for sure. And uh, yeah, hope you guys are pre- digging the Ring of Honor coverage as... We've actually had people reach out to us saying uh, they finally found a show that covers Ring of Honor and AEW, so we're glad to fill that slot for you guys, because like I said, hey, Ring, Ring of Honor is like, in a way, it's it's going to be used as a development kind of. It, like, a, not really linear, but you know, people will elevate to AEW from Ring of Honor, and it's it's much better than AEW Dark. I, I, I've fully, I, I will gladly take this over AEW Dark every day of the week. All right, guys, I'm taking the keys now. I got AW Dynamite and AW Rampage. Um, we opened up AW Dynamite with Orange Cassidy. His music came out. Our former AW International Champion. He's banned. You know, he's all fucking bandaged up after his war. The crowd's training, flesh, uh, freshly squeezed. Thank you, Orange Cassidy. Thanks him, saying people told him to stay home. It's what he's. It's not what he's doing. Championship or not. Cassidy will be there every week because he's freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy and he does not have a catchphrase. Go. And that, you know, that was going to be the whole, the whole shebang, if you will. But then just in case anybody thinks I'm fucking crazy (laughs) at the press conference for all out with Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson said that John Moxley and Orange Cassidy are, in his opinion, two of the best wrestlers in the world up there with himself. That's such a fucking, that's so good. So. Fuck off with this Orange Cassidy. He's not one of the best wrestlers in the world shit, all right? Not that people come at me with that, but I see people being like, <laughs> Orange Cassidy is not one of the best wrestlers in the world. I see people doing that, you know what I mean? They just can't believe it. You gotta believe, mate. There's um, a reason why Will Ospreay picked him for his first opponent at Forbidden Door. Was it Forbidden Door? I think it was. Yeah. So, uh, John Moxley's music hits, which is pretty cool to see uh, Orange Cassidy kind of... You know, it's in a way, it's a passing of the torch. The title. Orange Cassidy should beat MJF for the world title. Ooh, hey now, that would be fun. Um, but so John Moxley's he's doing his open challenges, open you know whatever for the title. He's continuing it. This is the workhorse t- title, and he's facing AR Fox this week. Uh, I feel like this is a uh, kind of some. Eh, this needed to happen for AR Fox. He missed out on Wembley. He missed out on All Out, and now he's got this chance to do this. So. Um, they went out here. They had a pretty solid match. You know, Air Fox was going through his signatures of moves, if you will. Um, but the reality is John Moxley kind of, he maintained the stronghold of this, right? Like he, he was in control of the majority of the match and this was not our only open challenge this week. And I thought this was pretty good. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just see, uh, Nick, there, there was some, how do we get to this? I guess this is part of the match, right? After the match, Darby Allen hits the ring. He's checking on Air Fox, raising his hand, you know, after the effort. Uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus approach Nick Wayne backstage. Cage said he watched some of Nick's father's, uh, he, you know, watched some of your father's matches. And he's worse than they even thought. He offered mentorship to Nick Wayne and then walked off. And he said, oh, Nick Wayne, I want to say hi to your mother. <laughs> Maybe I'll slide in her DMs. <laughs> Uh, Christian Cage is 
Not, he, not only going menace. to hell, he's going to the deepest pit of hell. Yeah, give me a Christian Cage versus Nick Wayne at all in, or a fucking a Grand Christian Slam Cage and... versus the Devil. Yes, we have, and of course by the Devil, I mean MJF. We have a TBS title match here, where we have Chris Statlander defeat Emi Sakura, where she retains the title. And this wasn't the longest match ever, but my God, was this fucking hard hitting. Um, Emi Sakura right away hit a quick Tiger Driver and a running crossbody, and that sent uh, Chris to the floor. Emmy followed it up with another charging crossbody into the ring steps. We get back inside, and there's a chop battle. Chop City and uh, Chop City ensues. Let's be real. Um, a little bit of time, which ended up changing to fucking lariats. Uh, they end up colliding after a hard exchange. Uh, Chris ends up luring Sakura to the apron. Time connecting with the. She ends up connecting with the slingshot elbow. They trade some counters back and forth. Sakura hits a reverse spinning neckbreaker, a double on a hook backbreaker. She tried to go to the corner. This time, Statlander didn't allow it. Slammed her down on her face. Had a discet lariat. Wednesday night fever. One, two, three. Statlander retains. I am glad we got to see Emmy Sakura on TV. Agreed. And, uh, you know, having these segments back-to-back, and, again, they're both on collision, I, 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 I don't know if we need both of these title reigns to be doing the same exact thing. It's certainly, if they're going to, they should be doing it on different shows. 100% agreed. It actually stuck out to me this week, because they did it both times on both shows. And, uh... I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Orange Cassidy's title reign. It's the greatest title you know, reign equally, in equally, Tony history. Khan's pushback on that would probably be that it's a bigger show for one show individually to have both titles on it. And so at that point, what's the difference? And I mean, he's got a point at that point. I mean, but, you know, like, I, it's also like... Uh, I don't know. We just don't, yeah, it's, it, it stuck out that they did it both. Um, you know, this yeah, might maybe be my one only... should have main evented and one should have opened. Maybe that's how they should have done it, you know? Yeah, I think just back to back just didn't, I, I wasn't vibing. How are we feeling about uh, Emmy Sakura getting back on our TV in a title match? And it was pretty fun. Well, it's great to see her because we haven't seen her since like AEW Dark, bro. It's been like for, I think she's had like what, maybe a, a, a ring or two, ring of honor or two, ring of, ring of honor match or two. Blah, blah. It's been a while. Um, maybe, yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, she had a fantastic match on television against, um, Jamie Hayter for the world title. I don't know why that didn't make people, remember that time that I literally birthed a match on the Dynamite, basically? There was that time that I was like, throw her and me, what is it, Ryu Miyazanami, is that her name? On a random episode of Dynamite and just give them 10 minutes and they will make magic fucking happen. And then they did. And like, everyone was like, oh my God, these two are awesome. And they never did anything with it. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway, um, Emmy Soccer is great, though. And uh, I think they weren't given a ton of time here, but they did really well with what they were given, I think. Yeah, you can clip this up and it'd be a fun little match. Roderick Strong, backstage with Matt Mike. He's asked off screen about his parents growing up. Both his parents had struggles and he had to take care of himself with a BB gun by his side. <laughs> Arn Anderson does not approve. Arn Anderson thinks you're a fucking failure. Evil so Uno got- is coming for you. Cash Wheeler's about to have a word with him backstage. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Wrestling gave him an opportunity. Hey, can you take this Glock the police are looking for? <laughs> no one judged him for wrestling. It isn't just business to him. It's everything. Which is something Adam Colton knew. Strong grew up alone. And he's going to win the title uh, title eliminator tournament alone starting tonight. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. Les Sex Gods defeated Aussie Open. 
And this, oh this no, Aussie Open, it's over. Yeah, there were some people saying that Aussie Open, that AW doesn't get them, that signing with AW was a mistake. Guys, they lost to Chris Jericho with the match. Yeah, I'm sure Mark fine. Davis, who couldn't pay for his medical bills at the time, thinks that it was a mistake. Exactly. Guys, you can I, – I need I, just in case you haven't heard this before, you can lose an AEW. It's not the end of the world, okay? Just remember that when you're watching AEW. There's so much fucking high-quality matches and high-quality talent that when you lose, it's not the end of the fucking world. And I, I truly mean that. Aussie Open lost this match. It doesn't mean shit in the in the long game, right? It means shit for right now. Yes, because they just lost the match. But it was to Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. It was probably their last tag match they'll probably ever fucking do. It's not a big deal. And it was a perfectly fine match. Jericho's been working pretty well lately. And I hope Jericho puts over Guevara at uh, Grand Slam. And I think that'll be a fun match. But, um... I have a prediction for Full Gear. I think that they will still... I think Sammy's going to win at, at uh, Grand Slam. I don't think Jericho's going to take it very well. And I think then Jericho will um, want to have some sort of like Mimosa Mayhem type match at Full Gear okay. against Sammy to, to pay everything off. You know what I mean? I don't know if it'll be that. It could be like a death match. That'd or be fun. Fight. See, that would be fun. I think that's... You know, and then you lock Sammy in for like, what would that be? Three, three months or something like that for that feud or something total? Or maybe not even because like the dissolution of the JS has been going on yeah. for a while. So I don't even know, but like, you know, but I'm for them against each that. other, you know, through that, through Wrestle Dream probably as well. They may not be on that show, but maybe in a tag match or something, you know, maybe he teams up with Ortiz and Santana. That would be an incredible match. We got him, Takeshita, and who would else, who else would you throw in there? Oh, imagine if they could get Osprey or something. That'd be crazy. Like, um, yeah, you got not, Don though. Callis in there and everything. Yeah. Actually, no, for Wrestle Dream, they could get him, right? So maybe. Yeah. Hold on. Actually, did I just come up with a great match? Hold on. And, like, then put the, ah, oh, I don't like you, Jericho, but I'll, I'll team up you with you once. You know, like. <laughs> I think we need to get the Santana versus Ortiz match soon. I hope They're so. Already. Let them They're squash right. the beef, bro. They need They're to. setting it up on Twitter. This seemed pretty good, so. Dude, that could be a great feud for We got me. some highlights of the strap match between Danielson and Starks. And he, he said there's not a man in this business who can tap him out or match him. Starks wonders when it'll be his time and says not to hand him a piece of bread and expect him to be fed. He wants a full course meal. Starks is everything he says he is. Absolute. And he'll say that until the day he dies. We're told Brian Danielson will speak on Collision about this match. Uh, Renee is backstage with Don and Takeshita. Cal said Takeshita is the new big dog of pro wrestling, as there's an easel with a painting underneath. Cal said they will unveil next week who their next target will be. I like shit like that. Any any predictions? Um, who could they be targeting? I'm gonna guess Kota Ibushi. I think Kota. I think it fits cool. with what they've been doing right now. It gives those guys the one on one match, maybe at full gear or God, maybe not full gear. That's a long way away. Probably a wrestle dream, maybe. Yeah, something. Give give them the one on one match. I'd be in for that. I, I was thinking somebody more AW. I don't know who it would be, but I don't know. Yeah, it just fits with what they're doing right now. Maybe it's the Young Bucks. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. What they we see? Both Hang, man, I, I was gonna say if Hangman didn't just start a few with Swerve, you know what I mean? Which I'm yeah. I'm oh yeah, Hangman for. would be the perfect one if it wasn't Swerve. But yeah, yeah but no. you know. Mm. Maybe he goes after. Maybe he just tries to murder Cutler. Maybe that's what he does. They got another. uh, They got a whole other thing going on. Indeed. MJF Samoa Joe. So MJF asking Indianapolis crowd, 
who's your daddy? And was assaulted. Tony Khan wanted him to wrestle in a few weeks, but realized it was Grand Slam, and he started singing a little bit. Um, NJF was about to address him. Samoa Joe's music hits. Walks out our Ring of Honor television champion. Joe wanted a front row seat to what the kid MJF's problem was. MJF said Joe was interested because his entrance music sounded like an ice cream truck. Joe said the last time that happened, he was the biggest star on a different network. Joe called MJF kid again, and this time MJF said that, that was creative. And asked the crowd if they want MJF to be creative. MJF called him Pillsbury Joe Boy, Samoa Doe, and quoted Jambi from Pee Wee's Playhouse while insulting Joe's manhood. Joe once more called MJF kid, and MJF said he'll knock Joe's teeth down his throat if he says it again. MJF said if anyone knows what it's like when he was a kid, it's Joe. It's this time with story time with MJF, baby. <laughs> he goes on to talk about when he was 19, tried out for the WWE, pulled to the side by Regal. Talked about the story told briefly. MJF knocked Regal's ass out and sent him to NXT where he belongs. <laughs> He'll do the same thing to Joe if he's not careful. I was like, damn. Um, MJF was looking forward to meeting the great Samoa Joe, but was instead shoved into a brick wall. Cue the NXT clip. MJF said Joe knew it was because he couldn't get away with it, but no longer, as the kid is now full grown. MJF made eventually the biggest wrestling show of all time and is the best in the business, and if Joe doesn't stay out of his way, MJF will kill him. He hits all his catchphrases. Joe said he didn't think MJF was a kid. He thought him of as a little bitch. MJF put away his diamond ring and slapped Joe. Said he wasn't going to take the bait. Instead, Joe said he's winning the title eliminator tournament. Told MJF to have a nice day. MJF went to walk away, but Joe fucking... Right in the penis. MJF into the ropes. Uh, MJF fought back with a low blow of his own. I I wrote the best thing in my notes for for that just now. Not just now, but when I was watching the show. I put Battle of the Nard Smashers. (laughs) Battle of the, yes. Uh, He ended up hitting MJF with the Urinagi out of the corner. Teased the muscle buster. And oh my god, is he going to break MJF's neck like he did Roddy? But this time Adam Cole was there to save him. Guys, there's fucking levels to this shit. MJF wasn't there for Roddy, but he was there for MJF. Adam! Adam! MJF cried that his left arm was numb. Joe said on the ramp that next week, Next time MJF is near him, he'll rip his arm clean off. MJF was helped backstage. Roddy of the Kingdom appear. Adam! Uh, Strong was hurt because of Joe. Cole left with MJF. Strong competes for the first time. Uh, coming up next. And, yeah, uh, that was, oh, God, promo fucking battle from hell, right? That was awesome. Those are a couple of good guys on the mic fucking throwing some serious heat at each other, brother. That I wrote was in my notes, this brother. is the kind of promo segment that we haven't had one of where there was enough back and forth between both. There's sometimes people that can carry people through promo segments to an extent or whatever, but this is not an example of that. This is like the last one I think we had was the la- the first time that when Ricky first turned him and Punk. I think that was the last one we had really, you know, where people were going toe to toe on the mic. So it's been a oh, little yeah. bit, you know, like um, not a ton of time. But before that, it was probably like, God, what, Joe and not maybe not even Joe, probably like Punk and probably Punk and Joe. Actually, let's be real. Yeah, probably. I'm sure they had a promo segment that was pretty good at some point. Maybe I don't know. Either way, agreed. And then we had Roger Strong taking on Trent Beretta, who Trent I think deserved to be in this tournament. Right? We haven't really talked about the tournament as a whole, but I think everyone deserved to be there. And Trent has been. Crushing I don't know if Trent Beretta did, but Trent question mark for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, he's been crushing it in those battle royals. He's been proving time and time he, he needs that title shot. And he was just facing Roderick Strong and just wasn't able to get it done. 
Um, they beat the shit out of each other. And, uh, <laughs> post-match, Matt Taven fucking did the galactic sprint to put the neck brace back on Roderick Strong. <laughs> Taz <laughs> dropped a brilliant line. He said it's to keep the neck warm to prevent further injury. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? I love it so much. Hey, um, man, if anybody knows anything about neck injuries, it's Taz. True. But this was a fun, fun little match here. So, um, yeah, what what do you think of this? Uh, this uh, as is a, a strong necked individual. True. Uh, no, I like this. It was a good match. Uh, Trent always get to deliver. Roddy goes on a streak of pretty good matches recently, honestly. So you know you can know what you're gonna get here, and I think they delivered. They had a really cool counter wrestling spot uh, that I just had to give the chef's kiss to, where they did the hurricane run off the top rope, and then they did a nice little counter sequence out of that. That I thought was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good, and it led into the end of heartache eventually. You know, so. You know, classic move, classic, you know, the Messiah, the backbreaker is back, Charlie. He really is. That end of heartache is so good, too. I mean, come on. It's so brilliant. Um, Renee's backstage with Tony Storm, who was completely unaware that she caused Ruby Soho the title at All Out. Since there's so many performances she's done, they can't look in the past. They must look forward. She had a fucking line here, dude. Oh, my God. Renee <laughs> said there will be a four-way next week with the winner facing Soraya for the women's title at Grand Slam. Storm said, Paquette is very nosy, and said Paquette to have her chin up, tits out, and watch out for the shoe. We see we see Tony Storm, she leaves the frame, and the fucking shoe flies at Renee. So Renee, Lexi's not the only one, bro. You gotta watch out for that shoe. Uh, Tony is Storm true. is just, I'm loving this new character. It's so much fun. Chin Agreed. up, tits out. Watch out for the shoe. That's a shirt right there. I mean, that's very Oh, 1,000 That's a fucking shirt. Tony Storm has entered that, like, there's this, like, almost, I might call it, like, ethereal state wrestlers get into sometimes. I'd say Athena's in that state right now. Uh, John Moxley's been in it for, like, a year. I think when CM Punk first got there, he was in it. I'd say Brian Danielson kind of lives in that state at all times, you know, like, and I think she's hit that state where she's just, like, everything she's doing right now is just fucking brilliant, you know, like, and I don't know 100%. where this came from. I guarantee this was, she was at the hotel one night and it was like trying to figure out what to do next when the outcast stuff eventually starts to wrap up. And she was like, holy shit, this gimmick is amazing. Tony Schiavone, he's out there with Adam Page talking about the overbudget charity battle royal. Page said, uh, he talked about the Chicago Education Fund. He used to be a teacher and he knows how teachers are underpaid and underfunded. So he's glad he could help out. And before he could say anything else, whose house? Swerve walks out with Prince Nana. And uh, Nana accused Shivani, as Strickland said, being in Coffin for two weeks. You have some perspective. Uh, Strickland thought of Adam Page, and he was insulted. He was doing charity for the Chicago school system, which was filled with a bunch of kids who will flunk out anyways. Strickland said Page was on the pre-show when he should be competing for the world title since AW wanted him as a franchise player. Strickland questioned if Paige even wanted it anymore. With the lack of new gear and lack of merch, but with the new contract he signed, Paige is obviously eating good, and it shows. Uh, he said Hangman had gotten comfortable riding in the back seat for the Elite. Oh, I mean, dude, he was dropping. I mean, we're talking some good fucking lines here. He then goes on. He says, "If if I got the uh, if I got your opportunities, he'd be the first Black AW World Champion." Option, he's like, I'll give you a couple What's options. What's crazy is that's, like, beyond mega true. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Option A, Paige rides off in the sunset and lets Strickland take that spot. 
while Paige is getting catering. Option B, Hangman shows that fire what cowboy shit is all about. If Hangman decides to face him, Swerve will walk him like a dog. He has no empathy towards anyone. Swerve is coming for that spot that Paige acts like he doesn't want. Paige said if Strickland wants a match, he can ask for it in the back before storming away. Strickland brought up Paige's wife and child, which caused Paige to storm the ring, get in his face, but attacked him from behind by Brian Cage. And he was cutting some, like, he said something in the mic that was along the lines of, like, you don't have to, we don't have to do it like this. You can do it the right way. And, uh, yeah, Brian Cage laid him out, which there's some history between Cage and Paige. <laughs> um, and, yeah, this is, uh, we're setting up for a big-time feud for Swerve. And I am very excited about it. Swerve deserves these kinds of programs. He's he's earned that at this point. Do you and think there's ever a chance that Hangman will turn heel? Like, yes, not anytime soon though. He he yeah, is he just works too well as this right he, now, right? I mean, like, since AW, I mean, talk about your reliable babyface that you can just rely. Yeah, on. He, he's been the babyface of AEW so since day one. So you know, I, just like Cody never did. I don't know if he ever will. But if he does, it'll be great, you know? And uh, that'll do it for AW Dynamite. And then I got a rampage here, which won't take too long. But um, we opened up with another tournament match of uh, Penta El Sadamieto versus Jay Lethal. This was a pretty fun match. Um, You know, it was... It wasn't like the most memorable match ever, but everyone got their shtick in, right? And, uh, I mean, with Jeff Jarrett being involved and the the whole crew of Jay Lethal's crew here, if you will, you know there's going to be shenanigans afoot. And um, Penta plays very well with all the shenanigans, to say the least. And he ended up, uh, even he has his mask was pulled off at one point. He got his mask back on. Lethal turned around and do an attack from Penta. He's the arm breaker, fear factor stuff pile driver. Get the pinfall, and I thought at the end of the day this was a very enjoyable television match. I'd say I would agree with that. That's fair. You got to open up a rampage with a strong match, and I think they did. Yeah. Um, Sammy Guevara came out, and pretty much they established that him and Jericho are they got so much animosity, and that just need they got a match beef to get, to get all this crap out of their system. They shake hands and agree to the match. Pretty enjoyable promo segment for the most part, and uh, it. They're t- they're making use of Jericho being on commentary these past couple rampages, and I think that's a nice touch. Don't forget he's there, you know. It's Chris fucking Jericho. Jericho Biden, Sheeta, Doctor Britt Baker, Sky Blue defeat Ty Valkyrie, Anna J, and the Bunny with Penelope Ford. And you know this was just kind of a uh, the match. This was, was the-, the match where I put the t- the words "women's divisions" is is in the mud in my notes. Um, it's not in the healthiest spot. Yikes! That it's ever been. Six woman tags. I mean, that's the only thing we can do. I mean, okay, but like, this is going nowhere. Nobody's getting anything out of it. I mean, Britt just picked up a quick win. Like, I don't. What is the point? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I I I would much rather have had Sheeta versus Taya. I think that would have been a very can wrestling I, can match. I ask why whenever they change the title in AEW do they struggle so hard to find the next challengers? Like I just don't get it. They should just they have don't a spend this are... time now building up challengers. They don't. We they do this, right? We get six women tags or fucking weird, you know, 
honestly, we we got to spend more time building up the next challenger. And it's weird because people could say, well, they do that, but it's only always sky blue matches. It's like, it's, it's a really weird dichotomy that they're in. And it's crazy because um, you'll have like four weeks in a row where sky blue will win matches. And you're like, Oh, I wonder if sky is going to be like the person to take, you know, the title off who's currently holding it, you know? And then like, then she'll lose like three in a row with somebody else on her team. And then somehow they'll be like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I think they might be going the direction of Tony Storm versus Soraya, which is kind of interesting, but I think is a little, you know, like, I, I think not that's the clear, best match you, know? you can do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Britt got, yeah, she got the locked on bunny after out. A recap of Hook regaining his FTW world title with not even a glimpse of Jack Perry. So he is definitely suspended. The Young Bucks defeat 2.0, and Jake Hager's out there without his hat. He got some shit from the crowd. Um, yeah, this was, you know, a, a classic Young Bucks squash, if you will. What are the they Bucks got in going their... towards? They're building towards something. Where where are we going? There's something big at full gear for them, I'm sure, but what is it going to be? What, wait, 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 yeah, what's going on? Be the, it's got to be them FTR at full gear. Theoretically, right? I'm in. I mean, that, that's the only thing I can uh, think of. Who are of. you putting them against that Wrestle Dream? Give me the team. Um, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Put him against. Maybe Sting and Darby Allen. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, that. No, honestly, just, um, something, somebody from Bullet Club probably, right? I mean, that would be the smart thing, but I mean, you know, whoever that would be. Sky's the limit with that, you know? Um, I don't know. Parker Menard, they still just. They don't give me that oomph in matches that I, I desperately think that they're, they're such good characters. they got put in the JAS and took a backseat. I think there was a time when they wanted to do something with them. Maybe These right guys the would be so good for Ring of Honor that I I worry that sometimes you got to make some some decisions that are, you know. I, I, I understand that their TV presence is great. My God, they would really, really do some good things on Ring of Honor if they were just more consistent there and... Yeah, but our champions are MJF and Adam Cole, so then again, what the hell is the tag division going to do over there now? Um, super kick uh, took out Hager, bust level Menard with a BTE trigger to get a pinfall. We got a really good promo from Santana, who's breaking out as a single. He's not here to make friends, he's here to make money. And you know what? That's typical because AEW is the most loaded singles division probably fucking in any company right now. And there's, a, there's a lot of fucking dogs in AEW singles divisions, so anyone who's got a guaranteed tag team and wants to break out into singles i i will tip it because good on you it's uh it's uh there's a lot of sharks in this pool if you will right a lot of dogs we get our main event smojo jeff hardy and uh you and i were joking before this match uh the best way we can sum this up you can make a tiktok hit piece or a tiktok showcase about this match in the sense of if you want to have like a 30 second little little showcase of this match you can make it look fucking incredible and it'd be like damn this is on rampage what or you could turn it into a hit piece and be like yeah that was on rampage uh yeah it was there and a different time this match would have been it had been really good i think their match in wwe was fine and i think that the match that they had i'm sure they had some matches in in tna back in the day you know what i mean yeah don't get me wrong like these guys both belong in this situation they both belong in this tournament I'm glad Jeff Hardy's back and, you know, he seems to be doing his thing. Uh, but, but yeah, this, 
Although Jeff might be chalked at this point. It might be getting take, there. Take that for what you will about, about my TikTok analogy. That's lots of star power on this Rampage, though. I do want to mention that. Rampage is definitely uh, taking a turn. I mean, I, Smojo, Jeff Hardy, the Young Bucks, we had arguably probably our two big, two of our biggest women stars, right? Dr. Baker and Hikaru Shida. We had Sammy Guevara and Jericho, and then Penta and Jay Lethal match. So we had a lot of star power on this Rampage. This basically was a third hour of Dynamite. So that being said, I'm going to push it over to you here for a collision. Where, so you can take uh, the opening reins here. Uh-huh. And uh, real quick, before we start collision. Okay. I should have mentioned this. Um, Tony Khan had previously kind of announced, you know, if if something happens to him, he was he told his dad this, that we, we talked about this, that if something happens to him, give the keys to Danielson. Right? I'm saying keys a lot tonight. It's the word of the night, I guess. All right? Get, you give the fucking let Brian Danielson steal the sh- steer the ship, right? Yes. Um, Take the reins, if you will. And now and not we're the getting to a reins. point where, you know, seemingly Brian Danielson is going to be the guy doing that on collision. And brilliant. There was a lot of lucha libre this week, and I wanted to reference something before we talked about collision that Tony Khan uh, mentioned during collision. Uh, so Chris Samsa and. Constantly is always referenced by Kevin Kelly. It's kind of giving him his notes rundown and his uh, stats rundown. Kevin Kelly, you know, from New Japan, he's always, not for long, actually. It sounds like uh, Wrestle Kingdom is his last show in New Japan, which is fucking sad, but it is what it is. Um, it, he uh, he constantly gives Kevin Kelly the stats. Kevin Kelly is a very stats-oriented guy. He treats it like a real sport. It's something you always love about him. And Kevin Kelly made sure to reference Lucha Blog on this show. Like, yeah, I got some stuff from Lucha Blog because. That's kind of our go-to guy for all the Lucha Libre wrestling that's happened around the world. And, you know, he, he really is the guy. And Tony Khan, uh, Lucha Blog made a joke. He said, it turns out I'm booking Collision now because of all the Lucha Libre on the show. And Tony Khan quoted him and said, a lot of what I learned about Lucha Libre, I learned from your blog. In 2002, I started reading a lot of Lucha on satellite plus tapes and read your blog plus DVD VR to catch up and learn. So you've definitely been a major influence in my promoting plus match cho- matchmaking choices. And I just thought, my God, when it's when you got things like that that Tony talks about, you got to just fucking love it. It honestly makes me wonder if some of the things that I've thrown out there just randomly on these shows that ended up happening. I wonder if, like, I'm not saying our show, but I wonder if somebody else maybe picks up what I say or something like that. You know what I mean? And then it gets out there. You know what I mean? Like, because... I could see that happening because, like, what what do you have to lose if, like, some random podcast says, hey, you should do this. And if it doesn't work, then you're like, okay, then I probably don't listen to that person anymore, you know, like. And, yeah, and what having – that absolutely definitely does happen. And what having uh, Danielson and when they brought in Will Washington, what I what I felt like what makes Will so important is the guy fucking loves and respects pro wrestling history. And he has so many good ideas. And I just I wanted to I wanted to preface that before we talked about collision because this is a new era in collision. Even though it's we're on what episode thirteen, thirteen. All right. So yeah, you take the leads here. Uh, pineapple. We, yeah. We oh, okay. We had our AW Collision thirteen cold open featuring Penta El Zero Miedo, Darby Allen, Samoa Joe, and Roddy Roddy Roddy, aka Roderick Strong. All right. Um. 
And, you know, I obviously talked about before how much I love the cold open. It's a nice little different thing that Collision does. You know, I always appreciate that. So, um, and that led us straight into our first match. We had John Moxley taking on Action Andretti for the AW International Championship in an open challenge match. Um, you know, I was, I was writing in my notes, and I'm, I'm glad that I actually kind of have a little bit of time to talk about this match myself a little bit, because um, this is kind of a singular thing. There's not really much you can add to this, per se, but um, I think that John Moxley might be the like, least selfless, or sorry, let me rephrase, least selfish wrestler in the company, right behind Cassidy and Danielson, where if he's put in a situation where he can make you look good or put you over or something along those lines, He's going to give you every bit that he can and make sure that he gets every bit that you can get uh, out of yourself. He's going to make sure he draws that out of you because that's just the kind of person that Moxley is. And I think it's part of the reason why maybe he struggled in WWE because in that company, it's a lot more of a mentality of um, doggy dog. You know, it's do I want to keep my spot? Am I going to lose my spot if I don't do, you know, if I give up too much to Mox, will that mean, will they look at me in a different way? You know, like, it's very much like that. I think he did a really, really great job of showing off what Andretti can do here, as well as really how fantastic Andretti is getting at selling and showing off his resilience. Um, he got to be athletic and cool in this match. Um, and Mox didn't have to do something that people accuse him of constantly doing, which is bludgeon somebody or bleed or something like that. He didn't do that in this match. This is not something that he does every single time, just because John Moxley likes to add a little bit of blood for some drama or some you know, for an image on the match that looks really cool. It doesn't mean that it's something that he's constantly doing and not, like, aware of the fact that people have this criticism of him. It's the kind of wrestling that he came up doing. It's the kind of thing that he makes, you know, his bunny doing. But he didn't do any of that here. Yet I still think he did a fantastic job of selling for action Andretti and also for setting up Andretti as a possible potential person that would beat him. I think there were possible near falls. I don't think anyone bid on them. I don't think anyone thinks Moxley's losing it this quickly after getting it, but I think there were some times when the crowd bid a little bit, you know? Um, just a little bit. And uh, I, I think it was a great way to start off the show. Action Andretti is a, uh, a really great wrestler that I think we'll have again. I think it'll be his time eventually. I think just circumstances didn't work out for him after beating Jericho, where there wasn't really a situation where they could push him, I don't think, at the time. Maybe if we went back and looked back retro retrospectively, we could find something that he would have been able to do, something he could have won. Probably definitely in Ring of Honor, but again, you just don't know. Circumstances change, and it'll be his time eventually. Yeah, but actually, The trio really, with, with him and the Martin brothers might end up being, you know, what gets him some gold, whether it's Ring of Honor or AEW. So something I said while you were gone, Charlie, is I think that John Moxley is the, the most or sorry, the least selfish wrestler behind Mike Cassidy and Mox. Or sorry, Cassidy and Danielson. Oh, dude, um, he is so unselfish. It's it's incredible to have that as your locker, your ace, if you will. Yeah, he's the ace of AEW. He so. gave everything to Andretti here, and I just I, yep. I, I, I got to tip it, you know. Um, we had Roderick Strong backstage. I, I like this match much more than the Air Fox one. Agreed. He, he doesn't have to give Air Fox so much. Air Fox has kind of been established at this point. I think he just needs to win something now. You know, talk about yeah. guys that the title will make them. I think if A.R. Fox wins a mid-card title, I think he'll be, in people's heads, he'll be like a Darby Allen level, or he was for a while, where he could just literally win any title whenever. He'd be like, yeah. I think that's all he needs is just that one that one win. Kind of the where Chris Stylander is now. I think Chris is established now that she's got that title. You know what I mean? Um, God, I'd love for him to, like, prove himself to try and get back into the Mogul Embassy if they if they were going that route. I, I, you know I would what? love that. That would be if pretty he, cool. If he had to, like, go out of his way to, like, prove the Prove to Swerve that he's good enough. I'm I'm in, dude. You know what I mean? I, I could see it. 
uh, Roderick Strong was uh, backstage, or maybe it was a vignette. Yeah, it looks like it was a vignette here, a video package type deal where he kind of ran down his history with um, Adam Cole, and uh, as well as the kingdoms with Adam Cole. And uh, there's really fucking dramatic storytelling going on, and there's all this stuff with Adam Cole and MJ. Oh, now. yeah, dude. Dude, it's so great. I just, uh, it's so good. And now that we get it across all the shows, we get so many segments a week, and so they get to actually play in this universe a little bit. It's pretty, pretty cool, you know? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, Chris Statlander taking on Robin Renegade here. Uh, the Renegade girls are just stupidly, consistently good. Like, I don't understand, like, how they just, again, there's just, just these two girls, the Renegades out there from Dayton, Ohio. Isn't that where, like, Cassius Ono is from? Like, uh, sorry, uh, uh, yeah. what's his actual, Chris Hero? Isn't that where Chris, Chris Hero is yeah. from? Like, apparently Dayton is like a repository of wrestling, something like that. Um, I guess I, I gotta, I guess I gotta tip it, you know? Um, but... Right. Robin is so good. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I, th- I think they're both good, but I think Robin is probably better between the two of them. Although, I, I honestly, I haven't seen enough singles matches from either of them to really say, but I would say probably. Um, they just work well in situations like this, and they did the post-match beatdown, and uh, Chris Statlander was then saved by Charlie. Jade Cargill. I've been asking for a while, yes. where's Jade? Mm-hmm. Folks, where's Jade? Um <laughs> And Jade was the one that made the save here and then immediately hits the Jaded on Chris. So it looks like going either into Wrestle Dream, probably I'm guessing Wrestle Dream, maybe. Maybe that's going to be one of the women's matches on it. That would make sense, you know? Um, yeah. Or possibly Grand Slam or possibly Full Gear or maybe all three. Fuck it, you know? Let's send it in. Tony Khan, give us the, give us the quadrality. Give me what I want. Um, uh, yeah, Jade's back. I'm sure that did massive numbers. Um. I mean, not that it would have really mattered, but you know what I mean. Like the uh, the pop. I mean, even huge. from Kevin Kelly, it was incredible. The crowd was chanting like they were so excited to have Jade back. And wow, this was. Uh, I there was a split second. I thought they were going to team Jade and the Renegades up, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's happening!" That would be pretty incredible. They're maybe getting they their shot. Hey, maybe they will. Maybe they will. I, I thought there was a split second. It was happening. No, I still and... want them to team up with with. Uh, with Mercedes, if she if she ends up coming to AEW, where the hell yeah, is that exactly. at? By the way, they that would be fucking perfect. Maybe she comes in a Wrestle Dream. Ooh, anyway, um, mm. that'd be something. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Ruby Ruby Soho and Soraya were backstage with uh with I believe Renee Paquette here, <clears throat> and Lexi caught an unnecessary stray here from Soraya. Like I don't know what that was about. Soraya, calm down, chill, leave Lexi intended. alone. All right, God damn it unbelievable um and they were just like yeah i don't know what the fuck's up with tony she's fucking weird <laughs> what a weirdo going around half naked talking about throwing shoes i at least we don't know what's going on but you know what she's still ours so whatever um <laughs> yeah we talked about the eddie kingston and claudio segment uh we had let me make sure i got this name right diez del inframundo Aerostar and Gravity. I think I got those names right. Obviously, Aerostar was right, but Diaz del Inframundo, I think was his name. Um, a luchador that is very well known from... I don't actually know... Okay, so I needed to do further research on this, and I didn't. I will get back to everybody on this, because I'm sure this is going to come back, because this is not the kind of thing Tony Khan just throws out there randomly. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, no. This might be a legit trio that we get, because apparently... Aerostar and Diaz de Inframundo are from like other they're from they're big in in Mexico I think like they're like something that's what they got like on the commentary it was the kind of the vibe and anyway they were taking on Juice Robinson and the guns here they didn't get a lot here 
but I just there's something here. I, I'm gonna do further research on this. Um, the Bang Bang Gang were here, and Cardblade was on commentary. Um, Cardblade on commentary, honestly, the best commentary I've heard in years. I mean, like Cardblade, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> those little kids were getting mad because it was blocking their view. <laughs> oh no! Uh, I hope ju- they figured. I I hope Kevin or someone like figured that out. Like, just move to the side, maybe. I don't know. The juice was indeed loose. Um, Andrade was watching on, so there's a lot of stuff here. Like I said, uh, so Lana, I, I'm just gonna tell everybody now, chat. Lana is not real. I agree with Miro. She's not real. Um, and she's also pissed. Um, and that's Dude, what it. What a fucking promo. Yeah. Um. What the hell? She's pissed, bro. She's not happy. How nice was it her to hear her not doing the fucking Russian accent? By the way, it. I, I was digging it. She sounds like an actual human. Anyway, um. She doesn't sound like a goddamn... She doesn't sound like a Marvel character, you know? Anyway, um... But, uh... We had a weird Dark Order promo where they were, like, kind of vibing like a cult. So, I don't know. Are they joining? Are they... Are they? Are we having... Are the Dark... Are the Right... The Dark this, Right just happening? Like, I don't even know. Like... It's almost felt like an OG recruiting ad. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know what it vibed to me like? You know the, uh... The season of The Boys where, um... The, the deep goes and joins like the religious cult. It's fine. It felt like the kind of ads they were cutting. Yes. You know I mean? <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I mean, seen the boys. Um, the acclaimed had a announcement video for their world tour, which I, I assume that's just going to be them going around with the titles, you know? Um, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Maybe they'll do something actually with it. Maybe, Ma- maybe Max Caster will put on some shows or something. That'd be pretty cool. I don't think that's going to happen, but Hey, fuck it. You know? Um, Send it. Didn't he do some rapping at the Jericho Cruise or something like that? Like, uh, or maybe it was before one of the pay per views, something like that. He did a show at some point before some something something. Max Caster is an entertaining guy, so I'm sure he could figure it out. You know, um, Ray Phoenix took on and Helico, which is a match I didn't know I needed to see, but goddamn, am I glad that I got to see it? You know, um, yeah. Ray Phoenix is still looking for revenge on Moxley, so I guess that must be Moxley's maybe his opponent for one of the upcoming pay-per-views will be Ray Phoenix. That makes sense. You know, they put him out of the pay-per-view in storyline. Obviously, Ray obviously just had travel issues. He couldn't meet, you know what I mean, the requirements. Um, they could not get him to the show. Isn't that what it was or something like that? Or no, someone got hurt right on the other side, and they ended up pulling him. So, sorry, the the travel issues with somebody else, but... God, there were so many issues and lead up to All In and All Out, man. It was just... Oh, AEW uh, can never escape. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm glad to see Angelico get on TV. Um, he had a cool variation on like the mousetrap seatbelt with like almost like a side control backslide type thing. Like that was like some wild shit that he did. Like Angelico, I'm, we're still speaking it into existence. Brian Danielson, you have the power now. Book yourself against Angelico, damn it. Anyway. Um, Do it. Give me what I want. Um, FTR were backstage and they challenged any team for the tag titles next week that turned out to be fucking buried country um <laughs> yeah we had uh darby allen take on roderick strong at the AEW world championship eliminator tournament semi-final on collision and uh darby was murdered by fucking luchasaurus i like dude this was like some shit out of a fucking horror movie darby was just walking down this tight hallway and all of a sudden out of yeah. fucking nowhere this demon came out of the fucking walls like no yeah i was digging this that was awesome um roddy really leaned into the heel stuff here and it's just fucking glorious like everything about this stuff with Roderick strong right now is more incredible than anything i could have possibly imagined them coming up with and i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think this was the original plan 
I think they pivoted to this when they saw how interesting it was looking when he was just looking on from the background. Like, I think this is something they kind of, and I, I wouldn't put it past Tony Khan to be this brilliant or Roger Strong and Adam Cole and MJF coming up with something this brilliant, right? But like, damn, if this is not the perfect storyline to bring Roger Strong into the AEW fold, you know what I mean? Like, my God. Um, Darby's spine was sent to the Shadow Realm for like the tenth time in AEW history. I think Darby's spine must literally just be made of steel. Like, otherwise, I don't understand how it, he survives it, this. It's gotta be, yeah. Um, the backbreaker on the turnbuckle with that nasty ass landing on the apron where they almost had to stop the match. Like, Jesus. Um, they're getting good at like making it so I can't tell if that was a planned spot of them. Like, if he like was gonna land awkward and then like just not get up and they were gonna pretend like he was hurt or if that was like i don't know what that was but if it was like if it was it looked pretty brutal so um and uh we had ar fox appear and then because of that nick wayne inadvertently got knocked the fuck out um which i believe is going to be the start of a nick wayne's first real storyline charlie i think nick wayne is going to be taking on ar fox and i think ar fox is gonna have to pay for his sins please 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 and thank you. God, there's so many stories going on within this match. Absolutely, it, it, it could you could easily get lost in because oh, if you don't know a lot, you, of stories. there's so much going on here. This is the definition of overbooked, but we're so deep into it that this is awesome for us. Like 100, percent I I'm loving every little thing they're doing. Yep. I mean, the kids crying over this Darby getting fucking <laughs> skateboard crap. I mean, dude, bro, this shit's awesome. Uh, Will Hobbs got a promo package. Uh, he's back on track, I guess. He's going to probably beat somebody up next week, I would think. Um, you know who I'd like to see him go up against is the guy who came up in the next promo segment, Charlie. And that's Keith Lee. Um, he just, he got on the mic. He was like, yo, I'm back. Um, and he told us, run. Run. So, there's that. Um, I'm not sure what Keith Lee or Will Hobbs are doing right now, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be, I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm sure. The Righteous got a vignette. I like where it's going. And uh, only thing, there's only one thing. There's three words that you type every time you see a Righteous segment right now, Charlie. You know what they are? Slow-mo tongue. Slow-mo tongue. Brian Danielson spoke. The dead speak. No, anyway. Um, the dead speak. <laughs> somehow Palpatine returned. Anyway. Um, oh, no, not again. <laughs> They fly now. All right, what's the over-under on Palpatine and Ahsoka tonight? <laughs> oh, no. No. They did speak. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, Brian Danielson spoke after uh, beating Ricky Starks. Uh, he says time is ticking down, but he's going to go out with a fucking bang because that's what Brian Danielson does. And he called out fucking Zack Sabre Jr. for Wrestle Dream. <laughs> Starks then oh, yeah. interrupts. And is offered to join the Blackpool Combat Club. Charlie, when this was first happening, I was like, do it. Do it, you coward. Do, do it, it, you son of a... <laughs> and then he didn't. And I was like, all right. Yeah. It makes more sense, honestly. Beats the shit yeah. out of Danielson. And Mox then makes the save. So we might be getting Mox versus... I mean, we might have Mox versus Ricky Starks, possibly at one of the pay-per-views. I mean, this is... Brian then got choked out with the shirt. I mean, because Big Bill then hit, you know, I think the the ring to help. Or sorry, Billy Bill, I can came out with them, and that's when the numbers had changed. It's yeah, it's just like uh, the stuff with with Big Bill and like because uh, I think Big Bill actually was the one that um, laid out Danielson, right? I believe if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so 
because he was like, come on, Ricky, what the fuck is this? You know, they choked him with the shirt he offered him. And then Big Bill was backstage. I'm actually going to go to my uh, my thing here because I don't actually remember what exactly he said backstage. I know it was something. I just don't remember the exact details of this particular segment. Everything else stuck out to me. This was just a really quick thing they did before the main event. Um, wait, what is this? Oh, anyway. Um, damn, it's really far down this article. Oh, here we go. So much on it. What? Well, yeah, it was a it was a very wide, uh, wide thing. Let's see. Yeah, we got a little um rundown of the dynamite card. I forgot to write that in my notes. Um, oh, Big Bill challenged John Moxley for the international championship. That's what it was. I knew there was something in there. I just couldn't remember what it was. And we also got a rundown for the collision card for next week with FTR versus Iron Savages announced there. Um, and Brian Danielson versus Jack Saber Jr. was then made official for the Wrestle Dream card. I imagine that's going to be the main event. Uh, I would have to think. Um, even with the title on the line, I would still think that's going to be the main event. I mean, come on, man! Like, it's the Wrestle Dream match. Come on, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, maybe not. Maybe maybe they open the show with that. That'd be awesome. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah. So Big Bill said he beat Moxley's ass. He'd do it again in Moxley's hometown. Then the Lucha Brothers entered the frame, and Phoenix was noting that he was next in line for Moxley. Bill told him to worry about Penta's match next week against Samoa Joe. Um, or about Penta's match against Samoa Joe, not against. So yeah, that was um, uh, before the main event match. I don't know why they decided to throw that in there. That was a little weird to me. Because um, I, I guess Ray Phoenix is next in line because he has like beef, but like they can make anybody have a title shot. I don't know. I would, did you feel like that was a little unnecessary? Like, I don't know. Um, um, you know, I think Phoenix versus Moxley is one of those, like almost an attraction match. Right. So I, I could see why they're trying to, to, to get more hype on that one. You know? I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we had some Ojo take on Penta L zero M. Uh, JR was on commentary for this match. Uh, Roddy was looking on in the backstage area. Uh, Penta was being awesome because Moxley headed to the outside and, and he walked out there and then started pimp walking on him. It was fucking funny. Um, Penta's just hilarious, man. When you have, like, when you give him the opportunity to just have fun, he just has a blast and I love it. Um, oh, literally. And, uh, so, yeah, he, there were some heavy striking back and forth. Joe was in control for a lot, in control, I should say, for a lot of this. Um, they showed off the full gear graphics, which ended up getting yoinked, but uh, those looked really cool, even though they weren't uh, original. Uh, but they looked cool. Um, I, I can't not say that that's what I said in the moment. Um, so this was a cool stat that was brought out. I believe it was by Kevin Kelly, or was it was it Kevin Kelly? Somebody probably. The man loves the stats. Somebody brought up the stat that 10-plus minute matches tend to favor Joe's opponents, which I think is interesting, and I feel like it's totally intentional. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, it, it, you don't say something like that without it being intentional, right? Yeah. Um, Joe then also tanked a tope. He just took it. He just ate it for lunch. Um, and then <laughs> he topeed into the table. Not Joe, but there was a tope into a table from uh, Penta. Penton did push Joe to the limit here, and I like that, but uh, Joe did pick up the win here. And so our final match is going to be Samoa Joe versus Roderick Strong. And I'm honestly fucking so excited for that match, Charlie. It's going to be awesome. It's a match we probably should have seen while they were both together in the same fucking brand at the same time, literally. But, you know, it didn't happen, I guess. So now the fact that Tony Khan has the balls to rebook these balls. Balls. I mean. 
can't ask for better. You know what I mean? Um, this is this sets up a unique situation in AEW uh, of a tournament final here that um, both of these guys are going for the championship. They're they're feasibly could both win it. And honestly, I have no idea who's going to win. I, I don't even think one dog has more of a fucking edge. I really don't. They both have had a really fun buildup. Now, Roddy's has been longer. That might be the only slight edge someone has. But Roddy's is also with Adam Cole. So I don't know. I'm very, I am very, very excited for this match on Dynamite. Agreed. Um, but yeah, that was AW Collision episode 13. Um, I, I do think that um, this was a very full edition of Collision. Um, but I don't yes. think it ever felt like it was boring or like overloaded. Like, like you mentioned earlier, there might be some segments that if you don't know everything, you're going to be a little bit, you know, I don't think confused would be the right word. I think you just might not under, you might not appreciate it as much, you know, like, yeah. Um, it's kind of like watching a Filoni Star Wars project. You, you can watch it without knowing all the stuff and it's fine, but you might be like, Hmm, I wonder if I, if you had the extra knowledge, that stuff is there if you want to look for it, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, do you have like, what were your thoughts on that episode of collision? I really like it. I thought if this is our first episode of the new Collision era, it was off to a fantastic the post-punker start. era. The post-punker era. I'm not, we're not going to count last week's. We're not going to count that episode. That was just that was there. I mean, it was it was uh there was a lot going on. But this being like your first full week, if this was Danielson and Tony Khan putting their minds together and Will Washington and you, whoever else, you know, I'm fucking down for the future of Collision. Because I will still say this: the Collision presentation is the best presentation in AEW. They, I, I love how it feels different from Dynamite. You know, we used to always joke about SmackDown being blue Raw, right? And I didn't want Collision to be, I don't know, red Dynamite, and it's not. So, very excited. Um, thank you guys for sticking around for this entire show. Um, Eat Sleep Elite is our Twitter. I, we're God, we're like right under 500 followers. So we're at 499 right now, which is awesome. So the Twitter is ever growing and we thank you guys for that. And as you guys know, the Duke of Derps on Twitch, you've been streaming some mass effect, some cod, some of the good stuff, right? So hundred percent. I'm, I'm gearing up for when modern warfare three drops. Cause I'm probably going to play that game way too much. And, and hopefully it's going it to be a out. good time. It's going to be a good time. Fucking hitting some high rise clippies. And you guys already know instant uh, five on the first day it's happening instant thanks if you this is your first time checking this out thank you very much and we'll catch you guys on the flip side